You know, Jen, I really dig that intro. Yeah, I think it's cool. Well, I'm not sure it plays as well as a podcast as it does it for the video cast, but it's pretty cool. So, those of you listening, watching live, welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just Tips Coaching. With me, pretty much as always, is our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Adam. I do that all the time. Yes, it's morning where you and I are, but not always where our guests are and where our audience is or whenever they're listening. Um, however, it is morning as well where our guest is. So let's welcome back to the show uh, for a sequel, as we put it, Paul Wozniak. Good morning, Paul. Hello. Thanks for having me. Great to be here, as always. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to have you back. And I'm really glad to know that, um, well, we had some uh, chatter before we uh, went live. And obviously, there are a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things going on in the world, in real estate, and in Waz's life. So, yeah, without uh, too much hesitation, I would say let's jump in. I know Jen and I had already talked about what a bizarre uh 2020 2021 we had and it wasn't all bad there was a lot of bad but there was a lot of good i uh dealt with oh gosh the death of our nanny's son and our nanny moving back to europe my wife's mother who lived with us died my wife's stepfather who lived with us died my beloved six-year-old english mastiff died um all over the course of that year but um uh, it was, uh, there was a lot of good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want it to seem like it was all dark and gloom and doom. And I think that's probably true of everybody. Jen, you had said that 21 was rough for you. Uh, same kind of thing. A lot to deal with. A lot of achievements as well. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's actually some crossover with the two of you. You are both now certified licensed yoga instructors. Yeah. Yes, I'm with a yoga pod in Fort Collins, which is just the most wonderful community. Uh, I teach one class a week. That's my part-time gig. Yoga has been, um, you know, a saving grace. And as we get deeper into the, the discussion here, I think it'll be, what I wonder is, because I've had a rough year, um, you know, everybody's had a rough year. Uh, personally, s- some personal issues, some depression issues and that kind of thing really came to a head, a major head this year. And I often wonder how much worse things would be without my yoga practice, because it centers me, um, allows me to find my breath. And, you know, there's a couple of things that without them, my son, my girlfriend and my yoga practice, I think that I can imagine it getting much worse. A lot of people have had it worse than me, but it probably would have been a lot worse for me. Jen, how yeah. helpful do you find your yoga practice to be in, in coping with the, the stresses of life? Yeah, we had a great talk last year with Piper and Justin Knoll about like, what can you do in your space in this COVID time that you can find some peace and some normalcy in? Uh, and that was absolutely yoga for me. I teach at Cambio Yoga along with some well, I teach at my vet office once a week, which is a blast. That's um, really cool. Is it, is it animal yoga? 
No. I've but heard of goat yoga. Right, right. Right. No, but it is in their really cool vet office that I can literally see from my window. So that's cool. But yeah, I think we all just kind of have to find whatever grounds us a little bit. And I never thought I'd end up actually teaching yoga and I absolutely love it. So right there with you, Paul. What's your, uh, what, what, what do you teach? You teach a vinyasa or flow? I teach vinyasa. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got my 200 hour certification in vinyasa and then yoga pod has a pod fit class which is basically high intensity interval training. So I did a supplemental 30 hours to get certified to teach that fit class. So Friday morning, 6 a.m., Yoga Pod, Fort Collins. But cool. you know, the reason why I joined that studio in the beginning was for community. Um, you know, I started off, they have a great program and I didn't necessarily need it, but you know, I, you volunteer three hours a week for unlimited yoga. And I knew that that would be a way for me to get deeper into the community rather than just joining as a member. And that's why I did that. And it, it, there's more community than I ever imagined. It turned out better than I could possibly imagine as far as the communities involved. Absolutely. And I think for both of you, while we could certainly define it as a side gig of sorts, I think for both of you, it's providing some relief emotional relief, stress relief, whatever the case may be from the usual grind as it were. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a side gig as far as how often I do it and what I get paid, but it's central. I mean, I practice real estate just about every day and I practice yoga every day and I practice parenting every day. And beyond that, you know, there's not that much that I do every single day. So it's central for me. That's a good one. Um, and parenting is relatively new to you. Yeah. My boy's six now. Okay. Um, I love meeting new parents who are about to have a child or who are early in it. And I get to tell them um, how front loaded it is as far as like, I, I don't know what it'll be like to, to parent a teenager. I'm sure that that's going to be quite the challenge, but you know, at this point, I could tell my boy, go brush your teeth, go put your clothes on. Whereas in the beginning, you know, you got to put every stitch of clothing that they wear on them. You have to feed them every spoon of food that they eat. You have to do absolutely everything. And that has been, you know, my son and, and everything that, that goes along with that has been just, just the most wonderful thing. And I am just enjoying so much he can almost tie his own shoes. And like, once he can tie his shoes, I'm pretty much done parenting, right? Uh, no, no. Actually, I think for me, the uh, the threshold is wiping your own ass. Yeah. Once, once you're old enough to do that, it, I just open the door and cut them loose like feral cats. Smooth sailing after yeah. that. Um, I, I will, without scaring the audience too much, yeah, I have parented a teenager. I am parenting a teenager and... It doesn't matter. I mean, it just every age brings something new, something different. Teenagers are tough, no question. Young adults are tough. Toddlers are tough. It's yep. all tough. It's like the real estate business, right? We always hear about either what a great time it is to get into real estate yeah, uh, or what a difficult time it is to be in real estate, right? So we're yep. talking about... I don't know, yesterday where we were looking at, you had to be decent at short sales and REOs and bank owned property. That yeah. was a great and difficult time to be in real estate right now. Huge inventory shortage. It is a difficult 
and great time to be in real estate. I would rival that to parenting. Yes. Yeah. Every age is great and difficult. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, And some of my coaches say that, you know, regardless of the market, people are moving, people are buying, people are selling. So there's always a real estate practice out there. The, the myth that is out there, though, is that as prices rise, it gets easier for realtors, which is not at all the case. No. You know, it's just, you know, they see that the price rises and assume that just it just means bigger commissions and everything is, is standard when, you know, because those prices are rising, because inventory is so low, because so many buyers are cash buyers and are tough to compete with that we're in the dozens, 20, 30 offers for one buyer in order to find them something that actually gets accepted. Not that much easier for the sales side. Now you've got to go through 20, 30 offers with each client, explain the pitfalls of each, the benefits of each. Yeah, it's. I think what those of you that have a lot of experience, Waz is a great example, um, that what changes is you get better at your craft like anybody who's got a decades long career whether it's an actor um and we could probably uh, name dozens or hundreds that got better and better look at matt mcconaughey right here's a guy when he was early in his career like what a moron how did this guy ever get a job and then we start looking at more recent film work that he's done. And now he's really good at it. He has oh. worked at his craft. It's not less work. He's better at it. He's more productive with it. He may even spend a little less time doing it, which hopefully all of you that are in real estate or mortgages or financial planning, whatever the case may be, you have techniques, you have tactics, you have systems, you have technology that has made you better at what you do. Maybe you're able to perform in less time, less stress, less effort, but it's not that the job gets easier as you go on. It's that you get better at it. So it looks easier. My, my biggest, uh, my biggest asset and the thing that is, that has paid the most dividends for me is learning to write good, clean offers, you know, um, complete offers, everything's thought out. Um, really leaning on Remax Alliance and my colleagues and my mentors and my peers to look at offers. I, you know, one of the last offers that I got accepted was because uh, the person that I was co co buying with, you know, uh, Jane Spencer. She and I do a lot of work together because we love to work together, and you know, we we get each other's back. And so I had brought her in on this deal, and she was, you know, twenty five percent of the deal just because we were going to help to sell. And that's how that worked out. But she said to put in this special clause about, and and I forget specifically what it was, but it was basically all our T's were crossed, all our I's were dotted. And that was the thing that the listing agent said had them accept the offer is because, you know, everything looked really good. Plus we had this clause in there that really made it complete. So a good, clean offer and, you know, a realtor that knows how to write a good, clean offer, whether you're buying or, you know, even on the selling side, a good, complete listing where everything's taken care of makes life so much easier for everybody. Agreed. We were working with a coaching client, I think in 20, maybe 2019, and she was a brand new agent, no question about it. And at the time, it was a side gig for her. She was just getting started in real estate and she 
wrote an offer, had her managing broker review it. Managing broker said it was okay, not okay. Um, and in fact, he, it was so rough. The listing agent called her and said, are you new to the business? Yeah. Let me help you write this offer so that my clients will accept it. <laughs> yeah. So that is a really good skill to have to develop as time goes on. And certainly right now, um, yeah. that may be one of the most important skills right now. Yeah. Yeah. Good, complete offer, you know, thinking things over and, and reaching out for help, um, I know that I'm here to help anybody who calls me on just about anything that I have the ability to help with. And that offer that I was speaking about before was reviewed by some other people as well. And then I sent it to Jane for the final touches. And it was like not one set of eyes, not two sets of eyes, but three sets of eyes of people who care. And, you know, a, a great brokerage, I think, is definitely something that is indispensable because, we can't do anything on our own. Yeah. You know, we're better when we're together and just having help and, and reaching out to people that can help us out is probably, you know, besides developing that individual skill set, but also having those people behind you that can help out and that really care about you and care about the business to, uh, to help out with that. It takes a village. Yeah, it does. So Paul, what other coping mechanisms, I guess would be, adequate for somebody who's been dealing with the shit storm that 2021 brought on what else are you guys doing jen you're included what else goes on besides yoga well you where, know where do, where do we find pitfalls how do we avoid them how do we get out of the pits those kinds of things well i think i had to fall into it you know okay. um because mine mine was a bit of a long time coming and a lot of the issues that I face are ones that are that are minor enough that I can ignore them for a while. And then they compound yeah, I... and then they build. And and, you know, I am just so thankful to my higher power, to all the people around me and to my existence that it didn't get worse than it was. But I really had to fall really low. Um, and like I said, if I didn't have my yoga practice, the bottom probably would have been lower than it currently is until I reached out for help. And for me, it's absolutely essential that I realize that I can't do anything on my own, especially these big challenging things. You know, um, things started to build back in 2016 when I lost my radio career because the company was cutting costs and making big changes. And, you know, no offense taken from them. They were running a good business and seeing the future and seeing what was coming. So the folks who started radio back in 1996, like I did, with respectable salaries, were just expensive line items that needed to be crossed off. And that was back in 2016. And I wasn't, I wasn't using the help that's available to me. I wasn't using counseling and therapy and support groups because everything was still kind of okay. So I wasn't at the bottom and I had to hit a personal bottom in order to reach out for help, to recommit myself to some programs, to recommit myself to my higher power and my spiritual practices um, that, that, really make, that really make it possible for me to function. And so, you know, it's very recently that, that my depression came to, to a head where I was just like, it's now unmanageable. You know, I, I cannot do this anymore. 
and I had to be sick and tired of being sick and tired and reach out for help and commit myself to programs. So for me, um, like I said, I don't know where I'd be without yoga. The bottom probably would be much lower. But after that, it's a commitment to a spiritual practice and a commitment to, you know, working my program every day and to accepting the help that is out there for me. I think that's a big part of it right there is just accepting the help that's there. But also you touched on it earlier, but that community feel, especially, I mean, with COVID or not, that community feel is what we've all been lacking. Um, when I did yoga teacher training, it was all on Zoom. So it helped start to fill that void, but not really because you're not making the same connections. Um, so it was getting back in the studio for me, but really it's being with people again. Like we forgot how much we need the energy of other people. I mean, we just had our round table in the office last week and I always forget how good it feels just to have people in the office, have those conversations happening. Um, and how great that is, of course, business-wise, but mental health-wise too, just to be around like-minded human beings. I think and it's, it's so hard to fill the village void in a digital space. Absolutely. It it, all credit to Zoom, to StreamYard, to... Uh, Facebook's uh, chat rooms, whatever those are called. I mean, I'm glad that these have all developed and evolved. Uh, a lot of them, even before we had a pandemic and we were all sitting at home longing for human interaction. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's and it's still difficult and we're getting there. Uh, no question. We're It looks like we're on the cusp of going from pandemic to endemic. But um, I mean, it's been two years next month. Yeah. So, um, and isolation, we life this way. isolation has been, has been one of the things that I've been battling and two years into COVID, if there was no COVID, there's a chance that I would have been isolating anyways. Um, that's interesting. But, but talk about how that compounds problems of depression or problems, um, just in general. But at the same time, as I've reached out for help, um, you know, the, the, the resiliency and the resolve of humans to create solutions to problems where before COVID, I wasn't reaching out for help. So I don't know what the situation was, but now with counseling and with support groups, I found support groups where there are meetings 24 hours a day because of COVID. So it's a bit of a bright side because I can just go to my website and you know, when it turns to 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I'm on meetings in New South Wales. <laughs> I'm on meetings in, you know, Greenwich Mean Time in, in London because there are so many humans that are reaching out and that need help from each other. So, you know, that was one of the bright sides is not only to hear these beautiful accents that I love that I could just listen to no matter what we're talking about. But the fact that there is so much support 24 hours a day and, you know, we got to reach out for it ourselves, though. It's not going to, the Zoom window is not going to open itself. Yeah, it, that kind of thing does not fall in your lap. You've got to seek it out. No question. So, Paul, forgive me, because I can only imagine I'm going to need you to provide the narrative because I literally cannot get my head around what kind of an impact business in particular lead gen getting, you know, out and about, whether it's digital or virtual or in person, but 
your gig requires all of us require a lot of personal interaction, a lot of human involvement. And that's, that must've been difficult for you in the last year. That must've, you, you must've sacrificed some of it to deal with what you were dealing with, to take the time out to seek uh, help dealing with it and to be on the path to recovery, dealing with it. All of this has had to have had an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the legwork was done. <clears throat> I wouldn't say for me, but I did lay the groundwork by, um, you know, making myself get involved at a level that, you know, maybe I wasn't quite ready to get involved at, but I knew somehow inherently that I needed to be involved with the community and that I needed to, rather than pay for a membership, um, volunteer for that membership that is created mm -hmm. and has enriched past friendships from before and just finding a community of like-minded individuals and regardless of where I am that day, if I can just make myself go do that, then it's always better for me. And so I think, you know, what I might recommend and, you know, as a fitness coach and a yoga teacher and that kind of thing, I always tell people that I'm very lucky because I love sports. I love yoga. So, you know, if you don't love sports and you don't love yoga, as far as lead generation and being in a community, maybe finding the thing that you absolutely do love that brings you solace, that brings you relief, that brings you something that, you know, um, fills your heart is probably the way to go. Find that community of people that you want to go to, even when you're feeling as low as you can get. Absolutely. Find your tribe yeah. because Find it's the tribe. tribes members, the tribes people that become friends, become clients, become referral sources, actually have deep-seated concerns and care about your success, you putting your son through college, these kinds of things. Yeah, find your tribe. That is a big one. Uh, mine is certainly not yoga, but it certainly seems to uh, ring the gong for the two of you. Yeah, and, and you know, for me, it's yoga. For, for anybody listening, you know, it, it's whatever you're into, I think. And I got into that community because I wanted community, not because I wanted more clients. And I spend time there and, and I don't talk about real estate except for when it's talked about to me. Sure. It's so, a byproduct. Yeah, yeah business is a byproduct of your tribe. No question. It's a complete byproduct. And, you know, I'm not the only realtor that goes to yoga pod for sure. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's a lot of people that that, you know, are my clients just because I'm there as often as I'm there and because I'm, you know, involved and engaged enthusiastically and authentically. Yeah. All of those are important pieces in everything that you guys are doing. Enthusiasm, authenticity. I can't emphasize how important that is in every aspect of what you do. And I, I'd like to say that I've always kind of been driven by being authentic. I think what really happened is I just got tired of the bullshit. Yeah. It's just yeah. so much easier to be authentic. Yeah. And I think because of it, I can recognize when people aren't. And I can cut that out. Yeah, I, I can eliminate the people that aren't authentic from my life. I don't have to interact with them. And, um, and isn't but, it beautiful that like, no matter how strange we are, there's a tribe of people out there 
who love us. <laughs> that is That's a really good point. Yeah, that is certainly true for every single one of yeah. us. No question. Yeah. Um, I mean, our, is... our tribe is out there. And, and at Yoga Pod, we say our vibe attracts our tribe. And I think that that's very, very true of Remax Alliance as well. You know, um, it's authentic how people find us and, and why people stay. And not everybody stays and not everybody comes. But the people that we have there are very like-minded and very refreshing and very great to be a part of. Why do you think that is? I mean, what, what do you think is the cause? What are the catalysts for people being drawn to Remax Alliance? And obviously, Jen and I are local. Um, we're on the front range as well. So we know a lot of people there. Um, but yeah, what do you think those catalysts are? What well, is drawing people in? What's pushing people away? I don't know that it's um, I don't know that trickle down economics worked or didn't work, but I know that trickle down leadership does. Mm. Um, similar to yoga pod, you know, it's like I want to work with people where if I look at their position and their, um, you know, what they do at work, if I had to switch positions with them, I'd be proud to tell my son and I'd be satisfied. So, you know, it's Dennis Schick and Hazel Reed and Amanda Eastwood at Remax Alliance and it's Mylise Delgado and Janice Stratton and Brad Hoback at Yoga Pod. And these are people that I look up to and they at the culture. So for Remax Alliance and for Yoga Pod, it's the culture that's created by the people who created the entity. And as we were going through yoga teacher training, I said, you know, you have such a great culture here. But it's hard to create a culture. There's no blueprint for creating a culture. So how did you do it? And they're like, I don't know. Authentic. It's organic. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes it becomes organic. So I think in both cases it's quite organic. Fantastic. I think Jen would agree. Absolutely. Um, and we certainly I, I think it's probably priority number one with our mortgage company. No question. We work very hard to maintain a certain company culture. Um, and again, if somebody doesn't fit into that, we cut it out pretty quickly. Yeah. We're very, very selective about who we're going to spend that kind of time with week in, week out. That's a big piece of it. Uh, no question. And uh, Jen, I'd like to think that while we don't really discuss it this way, it's probably what drives who are willing to coach at just the tips who are not willing to coach. Oh, yeah. Which is a bigger population by far. We still turn away a lot more people than we're willing to take on. And we do a lot of investigation into who these people are, a lot of conversation, a lot of research. And I think that really that driving factor, whether we've ever admitted it as such, is culture. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we spend a lot of time with these coaching clients. So oh, yeah. it has to do with the people that, I mean, you're a direct result of the people that you spend the most time with. And these coaching clients become some of the people we spend the most time with. So it's that we align with them, that they align with us. And then there's the whole business layer, of course, too. But I think that's part of why Just the Tips is so authentic is we really make sure that people align with what we want to be doing, with what we want our culture to be. It Which, sounds a lot. Sounds a lot like, trans, like, go ahead, Paul. Um, back in my radio days, we had the Colorado Eagles on for the broadcast. Sure. And, uh, and then this was brought back up on the great Netflix series, Cheer. You guys watching Cheer? No. I haven't watched it, but 
I know a lot of people do. Yeah. Team Va- I'm team Vontae, team Trinity Valley. I, 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 I love both of the coaches. It's a great, great series. But, um, but you know, the, one of the coaches said that like, he'd rather have a, um, a team member that has great character than great bat fl- backflips. Cause you can teach backflips to anybody, which I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, coach. Stewart, uh, yeah. <laughs> coach Stewart with the Colorado Eagles. And, and now he's the president. He used to harp on the importance of character and, and having that be more important with the people that he brought in. And, you know, that just, when it reminds me, it kind of makes me take a look at myself and be like, you know, what, what do either of these coaches want me on? And at this point, maybe, maybe not, but that's what I'm going for. Yeah, nobody's going to coach me to do backflips. I promise. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think I have a great attitude and uh, would bring something positive to that culture. But yeah, I definitely think that there's something about backflips being teachable. <laughs> Yeah, no question. But um, I think that a lot of what drives all human interaction is that way. And yes, I know that there's an exception. And unfortunately, there's a lot of exception. We don't always feel that running with our tribe is best. We don't always feel that being authentic is best. Um, And there are reasons behind that. Fortunately, I think for people that really do believe that, it's far and few. Um, But I think the world still breeds an awful lot of, uh, you know, dark culture, a lot of tasteless. And I don't don't mean like, you know, the memes that I post on social media. Those are tasteless for sure. But, um, you know, that it, it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth kind of environment. And I think that we tend to, as a society, as a uh, species, we tend to mm, not pay enough attention to what's important to us in that community culture, in our tribe, so on and so forth. And we get, you know, more laser focused on, you know, unfortunately, probably the almighty dollar. And I think that those kinds of things get in the way of us being authentic yeah my, my most recent lessons and um and you know reaching out for help and and finding support groups and counseling and everything um just really encouraged me to put um my my well-being before money because if i attempt to put money before my well-being then i'm not going to have either yeah no that's absolutely true I know that it's hard to see the forest through the trees um, with a lot of society. Um, But yeah, and there are a bunch of analogies that uh, make sense, a bunch of colloquialisms. You you cannot pour from an empty glass, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah, self-care, self-preservation without it. Not only are you no good to you, you're no good to anybody. That's right. So yeah. Well, Paul, this has certainly been a... uh, departure from our normal uh, lead gen content, although a really valuable one. I want to thank you for being so open and authentic about what you've been going through as of late. Um, Obviously, you uh, were very forthcoming about that before we uh, actually went on air, and uh, it certainly explained why we felt you were MIA the 
this last year, it was very difficult for us. We felt a significant disconnect. Um, but yeah, I do think that this has really driven it home and Waz is back. Well, <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. And no. for sure. And, um, you know, just, just being vulnerable and being authentic. And, and while, you know, th- the thing that I did manage to do was uh, still show up for my clients um, you know, there were a few less of them this year than I wanted to, there to be, but the ones that I had, I showed up for, we did great deals. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we took care of what needed to be taken care of, but I just, you know, as I'm going through this and I'm early in the process, I just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, you're not alone out there. And, and I, and, you know, I, I've got a, I've got a long road ahead of me, but, uh, but I'm not going to walk it alone. That is a great Love note it. to end on. Go ahead, Jen. Say what you want to say and then take us home. Well, thank you, Paul. I also just love having the chance to talk yoga. I could do this whole show about yoga. So um, for those of you watching, you see our lovely text code at the bottom of the screen. If you are listening, text TIPS, T-I-P-S, to 63566. You can literally find everything you could possibly want to know about us at that text code. Um, Past episodes of the show, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, we are booking into second quarter of 2023 already which is crazy um i have started planning mile high mastermind and social media day denver Uh, social media day denver will be thursday june 30th at metro state university mile high mastermind is september 16th and 17th at the university of denver Um, so if you or anyone you know should be a speaker reach out for sure through that text code you can get a copy of adam's book Here's my camera. Just the tips. Still getting used to this new software. I'm like, where am I? Um, you can book a free hour of coaching with us. There's literally all the things. So text tips to 63566 to find out all the things and more about Just the Tips Coaching. And thanks, Paul. Yes, thank you. I'm glad we were able to catch up because, yeah, we were thinking we weren't going to have a show this week. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that we finally uh, – got caught up and that uh, you were ready, willing, and able. Yeah. Good to be here. Thank you. You bet. All right. So we'll uh, see you guys next week. Again, we do this live at 1030 Mountain Time on Mondays. And join us then for another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Between now and then, have another great week. Bye, guys. <laughs>